Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Tonight's team, the Philadelphia Flyers. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 <laughs> Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports. Make sure you follow us down below at our website, i80sports.com, for all of our team previews coming up, which we've only got a few left in the docket, and we have more that we've already covered. So you want to make sure that you check out our previous videos as well, as well as all of our future content that we got coming up in the regular season. And hey, if you're here on YouTube, make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe for all the team previews that we've had previously, as well as the last couple that we got coming up on the docket. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. If you're following already, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. And here we are to preview a, I guess, would you want to term a bipolar hockey team as of lately? One year they're elite, the next year out of the playoffs. Following year they're elite, the next year out of the playoffs. And that team is? the Philadelphia Flyers. So let's just get right to it. Yeah. And if you're friends with a fan of the, uh, who is just so happens to be a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers, make sure you check up on them. Make sure they have a warm blanket. Just let them know that everything's going to be okay because sometimes they just need that reassur- reassurance, especially after last year. But anyway, before we look forward, we got to look back because we got to look at the 2020 and 2021 team facts for the Philadelphia Flyers. And, yeah, this is why I said check up on your Philadelphia Flyers fans because all Flyers fans, as you know, I just said that, just went, oh, God, not again. Why do we have to listen to this? Well, we got to look back at this. So what was their record last year? It was 25, 23, and 8. That's 25 wins to 23 losses to 8 overtime losses. That was good for 58 points and 6th place in the East Division last year. Certainly a fall from grace for a team that a lot of people pegged as potential Stanley Cup favorites, including myself. And, uh, well, fool me once, shame on me. Uh, me. Uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I can't believe I also got that wrong. Whatever. It's fine. I'll English at some point. Power play and penalty <laughs> kill stats. Well, they were all right. Power play. They were sitting at 19.2% on the power play, but they were right at league average. Good job, Philadelphia. You did a thing. And next, moving on to the penalty kill, not so good. 73.1%. They were about mm, 6% below league average. They need to do better on the penalty kill this upcoming year, especially since they got the faces that can do it. Leading scorers last year for the Philadelphia Flyers, we had James Van Riemsdyk. JVR himself with 43 points. Claude Giroux, the captain of the team, with 43 points as well. And Jakub Voracek, the former Philadelphia Flyer, sim with 43 points as well. It was a three-way tie for the top of the team. Pretty impressive. Pretty kind of crazy in that regard, how it kind of broke down. Huh, wild. Now we're going to talk about some additions and subtractions for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh some really interesting names that they added in the offseason and a couple interesting names that they lost in the offseason. So, additions, Ryan Ellis, 
Rasmus Ristolainen, Cam Atkinson, Adam Glenn, Glenn Denning, Martin Jones, uh, Ger Gerald Mayhew, Nick Sealer, Nate Thompson, and Keith Yandel. Subtraction-wise, Philip Myers, Nolan Patrick, Shane Gossesbear, Ghost himself, uh, Robert Haig, Jakub Voracek, Brian Elliott, Alex Lyon, and Car Carson Torinsky, who <coughs> they lost in the expansion draft. He is now a member of the Seattle Kraken. So some pretty notable names here. Uh, on the addition side, some notable names here. Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, Cam Atkinson, Martin Jones, Nate Thompson, Keith Yandel. Those are some pretty notable additions to the Philadelphia Flyers this year. And on the subtraction side of things, Philip Myers, Nolan Patrick, uh, Shane Gossesbear, Robert Haig, Jakub Voracek, Brian Elliott. Those are some really you know important names because all of them found their way into the lineup last year. So it's quite a uh, change this year for the Philadelphia Flyers this year. Next, we're going to talk about some X-Factors. And no, we're not talking about EA Sports NHL 22 X-Factors. We're talking about our own brand of X-Factors here. Who is important to the Philadelphia Flyers' success this year? Tom, I've definitely done more than enough talking at this point. It's time to hear from you. Who do you feel are some X-Factors this year on the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, this is, I guess, another veteran-esque team. I could say they're not as much of a veteran-esque team as, say, Pittsburgh or Washington. So in my, in my mind, it would have to be two players. One of them is definitely a veteran, and the other one is not a veteran. The first player I'm going to mention is Claude Giroux. Giroux has really been a rock for this team over the last 10 or so years. Basically, the bipolar hockey team I mentioned before, Sort of mirrors Claude Giroux. When Claude Giroux has a good year, this team is in the playoffs. This team is considered a cup contender. This team is considered elite, and they're can you know they're considered going places. When Giroux has an off year, this team is sitting home come playoff time. With Kevin Hayes being out to start the year, they're going to rely heavily on Giroux for his offensive output. Obviously, he's not going to play center. He's going to play on the wing with uh, Couturier. But still, as of right now. This team is only going as far as Claude Giroux can take them. Another guy to think about here, Carter Hart. Carter Hart was looked at as a goalie of the future in Philly two years ago. Last year, he didn't have such a great year. You know, it almost culminated in uh, when Mika Zibanejad decided he could play hockey again and figure out, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to lead center in this league, and I'm going to lay Carter Hart up for six points on St. Patrick's Day. Carter Hart wasn't so lucky that day. So um uh, I I don't I don't mean to troll you guys Philly fans I'm sorry but um uh, oh no we yeah, do Carter Hart's going to be a huge X factor for this team Philadelphia's kind of been a uh, interesting place for goalies over the years I'm going to go more into that later but yeah Carter Hart is somebody they're going to need here if they want to get back to elite status and get back to playoff status they're going to need the Carter Hart of the bubble in 2020 not the Carter Hart of the uh, 56 game season last year yeah and also. Not sorry. <laughs> we are trolling you guys for sure. <laughs> that being said, I do have some minimal amount of respect for the Philadelphia Flyers, to say the least. I'm not that type of, you know, unapologetic Devils fan. I am non-biased. There are a number of X-Factors on this team this year. Uh, I do agree with who Tom highlighted here in Claude Giroux and in Carter Hart. Carter Hart, I'll get back to more in a second. Claude Giroux, I'll get back to in more in a second. Uh, another name that jumps out to me is one of the best two-way uh, two centers in the entire league, Sean Couturier. 
And Couturier missed some time last year, and the Flyers missed him dearly because of it. With a full season this year coming up, Couturier could help the Flyers get back to the playoffs this year, while also potentially being a candidate for the Selkie Trophy, which is uh, a trophy given to the best defensive forward in the NHL, a trophy that he's actually quite familiar with. So Couturier could return to form this year, especially getting top-line minutes with Claude Giroux this year. So... I could very well see that happening for him. Next is Claude Giroux. As Tom mentioned before, Giroux is coming into the final season of his contract. And I'll be honest, and I don't want to scare Philadelphia fans here. Could this be the year that he tests the market? If he does, Giroux could push himself to have a great year this year as an audition for a new team. That being said, I don't know if I can picture Claude Giroux in a different uniform. I really can. It's really, really difficult for me to picture him in a different uniform. Maybe it's because he looks so much like Gritty. I don't know. But then again, Jakob Voracek looked more like Gritty, and, well, he's now a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, anyway, lastly is the young goaltender, Carter Hart. And Hart, I hate to dump on him, but he's one of the biggest reasons why the Flyers had such a disappointing year last year. He had an abysmal 877 save percentage last year, which has got to be the bottom of the barrel in the NHL last year. That has to be the worst save percentage by a goaltender last year, and that has to be one of the worst save percentage posts posted by a goalie in the past three or four years at least. And if there's a statistician out there to quote me on that one, I'd really be interested in looking that one up. I honestly do think it might be one of the worst save percentages of the past couple of years by a full-time goaltender. Uh, and the sad part is with that save percentage, it's way down from his last two seasons, where on average, he sported a 915 save percentage. Now, obviously, there might have been an injury there. He might have been dealing with a lingering injury over the course of the entire year that we just don't necessarily know about. But the Flyers desperately need Carter Hart back in his real form <coughs> this year if they have any chance at the playoffs this year and when you also realize that martin jones is currently your backup it's all that more important that carter hart succeeds so no pressure carter hart return to form next we're going to talk about breakout candidates who is a player that might be coming into the rookie season haven't you know had a real crack at the nhl yet or maybe a player that, you know, has been in the league for a couple of years and just hasn't quite had a career year yet. Tom, who's a breakout candidate or breakout candidate for you for the Philadelphia Flyers? This is also kind of difficult, believe it or not. Um, like I said, veteran-esque team. But I'm going to go with somebody new here, somebody they just brought in over the offseason, and that's Cam Atkinson. He was a very highly touted player in Columbus. He was a player who was on the trade wire so many times out there. He was a team that the, I remember a few fellow Ranger fans of mine were, were clamoring to get a few years ago. They wanted to bring him in so badly. I guess the thing with Atkinson was he was on some decent teams in Columbus, but mostly on bad teams. Now he's going to have a better team to play on, I guess, per se, and he'll have a better center to play with than Kevin Hayes whenever he comes back. So I'm curious to see what Cam Atkinson can do here with Kevin Hayes as a center. As we know, Kevin Hayes is a very good playmaker out there. So let's see what happens. Yeah, I think Cam At Atkinson is a very interesting point person to point out here, especially since like not a lot of people think that 
with somebody his age at 32 years old that he could be a breakout candidate. But it's true. He's a person that hasn't fully realized his potential. And who knows? Maybe it's just a change of scenery to finally get things going for him. Then again, I also just you know want to kind of point out, if you've ever looked at a picture of Cam Atkinson, you would never guess that this guy is 32. He looks like he's like 21. Like he's got to get carded at like every bar he goes to. If he goes to a bar in Philly, he's getting carded every single place he goes. Just put it out there. That's just a dumb thought on my part. But for my breakout candidate, I'm going to go out and say Joel Farabee. And uh, Farabee had 38 points in 55 games last year. And this could be the year where Farabee takes a giant leap forward. I am going to go with a bold prediction here. I think, honestly, I could see him scoring 30 30 or more goals this year. No exaggeration, no hyperbole. I do think Joel Farabee can score. He had 20 goals last year among those 28 points that he uh, put up. He is a natural goal scorer. And once he has Kevin Hayes playing along that side again, and with also Cam Atkinson's help as well to set him up, I think this could potentially be a big year for Joel Farabee, the former first-round pick. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Next, we're going to talk about the potential opening night lineup, which, surprise, surprise, we're right at the start of the NHL season right now. We're just a couple days away you know, a couple more sleeps until the beginning of the season. Hallelujah, hockey season is back. But that being said, we've usually been saying, you know, take this with a grain of salt of what the opening lineup could look like. This is probably as close as to where we're going to get. But then again, if you have a better opening night lineup or what you think the opening night lineup, opening night lineup could look like, drop it in the comment down below. But that being said, let's take a look at what this opening night lineup could look like next week so that being said let's start with the first line as usual we're looking at the top line here moving from left wing to center to right wing we've got Claude Giroux with Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny who is also another difficult person not to name as an x-factor he certainly a knows how to get under people's skins but b play a really good game of hockey I think of Travis Konechny as a Brad Marchand type of light player in the sense of getting under people's skins while also playing just amazing hockey, scoring goals, and just working harder than his <laughs> opponents. Next on the second line, we've got Joel Farabee with Derek Brassard and Cam Atkinson. On the third line, Oscar Lindblom with Scott Lawton and James Van Riemsdyk. And then lastly, on the fourth line, we've got Jackson Cates with Nate Thompson and Nicholas Abe-Kubel. On to the first line of defense, we've got Ivan Provorov with Ryan Ellis. Pretty good-looking first defensive line there. I got to say, like, that's a pretty scary first defense pairing. Next, on to the second line of defense, Travis Sanheim with Rasmus Ristolainen. And lastly, on the third line of defense, Keith Yandel with Justin Braun. And to round things out, we've got the goaltending. Our starting goaltender, Carter Hart. With backup goaltender, the recently acquired in free agency, Martin Jones. So, I got to be honest here. Even without Kevin Hayes on that second line, this is still really not a bad-looking lineup overall. I don't think this is a bad-looking Flyers lineup whatsoever. I mean, what do you guys think? You know, drop a comment down below in terms of what you think. But we also got to talk about some variables here. There are ways that this lineup can obviously evolve in the next few days if something happens, like if, I don't know, Travis Konechny falls down a flight of stairs or something like that. I don't know why I keep 
alluding to people falling down a flight of stairs. I said that with Anders Lee in the last video. If any of this comes true, I am so sorry. But, you know, there are ways that this lineup can change between now and opening night. There are ways that this lineup, it changes and evolves from opening night to the Olympic break and then from the Olympic break past the trade deadline. So, Tom, what are some ways that this lineup could evolve? What are some variables here for the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, the biggest one here is will Carter Hart finally be able to be that guy in net in Philly? Over the years, goaltending in Philadelphia, as we all know, has kind of been a revolving door. I remember as a kid and even into my 20s, it would always be a joke about who Philly starter would be in the playoffs that year. It seemed like every single year when the Flyers would make the playoffs, and back then they made the playoffs almost every year, they'd have a different guy in net. When they went to the finals against Chicago in 2010, you had Brian Boucher and Michael Layton splitting the duties. It's really difficult for some reason to be a goalie in Philly. I don't know why. I don't know why. We've seen young promising goaltenders come through there. We saw Robert Esch come through there in the early 2000, mid 2000s, well, the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Robert Esch was considered the next great Flyers goalie and the next great American goalie. Within three years, Robert Esch was no longer in the NHL. We saw them throw the farm at Ilya Brzezgalov how many years ago and let Mike, not only Mike Richards traded their two best players and Mike Richards and Jeff Carter away to bring Brzezgalov in. Brzezgalov was a uh, backup goalie for them by the end of the year that year. So the thing is, is that will Carter Hart be able to get over the struggles he had last year and finally become that uh, Flyers goalie in the uh, in the mold of guys like Bernie Perrant and um, the departed Pelly Lindbergh? Can it happen? Another factor here is Kevin Hayes in that contract. He's getting paid $7 million a year to be a second-line center. And I know he's one of AV's, guy, AV's guys from the Rangers when he coached them there. But he's never even hit 50 points in Philadelphia. He's never hit 50 points anywhere. And now he's getting paid $7 million to get 40 points a year? Doesn't make any sense to me. If this team is on the outside looking in come playoff time for the second straight year, will they look to move Hayes? And will they maybe look to move Claude Giroux as well? I do think teams will want well, I do think teams will be interested in Giroux teams on the outside looking in and they don't want to lose him for nothing. But it's hard to sell on a player making seven million dollars who can't even hit 50 points. And will Kevin Hayes this year finally be a 50 point plus player? Or if he isn't, that contract's gonna look real bad on the Flyers if this team is not a playoff team this year. Yeah, a lot of question marks here. I mean, I think the important note, like you just mentioned, is Kevin Hayes. And beyond just like thinking of a $7 million cap hit, it's the fact that he's missing in action right now. He's going to slot in as your second line setter, like flanking Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson. And when he comes back, Hayes could be a difference maker if the Flyers are flagging at that time when he comes back. But I guess my question is, with how volatile this lineup could be, will management blow this team up if they're not either fighting for the playoffs or even sniffing the playoffs by March? You know, just looking up and down the list at Cap Friendly right now, which thank God for Cap Friendly as per usual, as I mentioned in previous videos, even without uh, Kevin Hayes going to like LTIR or anything along those lines, the current cap space for the Philadelphia Flyers is about $1.2 million. So if you take Kevin Hayes' numbers off the books real quick, if you transfer it to 
long-term injury reserve for whatever reason, then it realistically is about <coughs> seven and a quarter million or sorry, eight and a quarter million dollars. If I can actually math, right. Um, but you've got a couple of expiring contracts here that if the uh, flyers are flagging by the trade deadline, you could trade Claude Giroux. As I mentioned before, he's coming into the last year of his contract. He's an 8.275 million dollar a year cap hit. He's a person that could get dealt. Rasmus Ristolainen, recently acquired from Buffalo, he's coming into his UFA year. If he doesn't prove to you anything or any reason why you should extend him, trade him. That's a 5.4 million dollar cap hit that you can get off your books. Uh, Justin Braun is another person coming into his contract year, $1.8 million you're owed to him. So a little bit less of a significant contract, but here's the thing on the defensive side of things, you have people that could potentially plug in and play. If you decide to trade a Rasmus versus line. And if you decide to trade a Justin Braun, you've, you've got Cam York waiting in the wings, waiting for that opportunity. He's a person that could potentially be ready for those NHL minutes if you decide to move on from any of those uh, names that I just mentioned. He's a person that could be uh, brought up. If an injury happens or if you decide to trade Claude, uh, Claude Giroux, Morgan Frost is a forward that could easily come up and slot in and make a difference on this team and is just waiting for his opportunity to do so. Um, moving right along from there. Will Carter Hart bounce back after a miserable year last year, or is it going to be much of the same from last year? If it's much of the same from last year, this could be a really rough year for Philadelphia. That being said, I don't think that it's going to be much of the same from last year. I do think Carter Hart is the real deal. I do think that he has flashes of brilliance, that he is a really good goaltender. Maybe it's just growing pains last year. Maybe he was dealing with something significant last year, and it just didn't come out. I do think Carter Hart bounces back. And you know what? If he doesn't, then I eat my words and just whatever. We move on from there. But I do believe in this kid. I think a lot of Flyers fans believe in this kid as well. Give the kid the chance to develop. He's still young as well. Young goaltenders need that time to develop, especially taking their bumps and bruises to do so. But moving on to the question of the day, our last segment, which our question of the day remains the same as always, which is where do the Philadelphia Flyers finish this year in the Metropolitan Division? Tom, let's start with you. Where do you think the Philadelphia Flyers finish in the Met this year? Well, um, uh, our friends Dave and Alex are going to hate me for this. And um, progressive Flyer fans are going to hate me for this. But I'm going with sixth place. And I do think they battle with the Penguins up until the last day of the season for that second wild card spot. Now, because they do that, that doesn't allow them to make any deals at the deadline to tear this team apart. So now they head into next offseason with even more question marks. And they potentially lose Claude Giroux for nothing. And they're potentially stuck with Kevin Hayes at $7 million a year with less than 50 points yet again. So, yeah, sixth place here, if you ask me. Here's the problem with the Philadelphia Flyers that I found in just the past number of years. This, key, this team could do really well or really bad this year. There is no in-between. But this team alternates years being in and out of the playoffs. Two years ago, or sorry, four years ago, they were in the playoffs. Three years ago, they 
They were out of the playoffs. Two years ago, they were in the playoffs. Last year, they were out of the playoffs. So by that logic alone, you would probably guess that they're a playoff team this year. And I do think that that is the case. I do think that they're a playoff team this year. I do think that they redeemed themselves from last year. This is a decent lineup. This is a team that can score. This is a team whose defense on paper is much, much better than <coughs> last year's iteration. I do think that this is a playoff year for them. So with that being said, I'm going to conservatively say that the Philadelphia Flyers are going to finish in third place. And I might eat my words on that one. I do think it's possible for them to finish in third place. Could they finish lower? Yeah, absolutely. Could they finish higher? Nah, maybe, but maybe not. We'll, uh, we'll just have to see. I mean, the Philadelphia Flyers are just going to be a really interesting team to track this year. And it could be, you know, drama fueled as we have already seen already. If you have not been listening to Robin Lehner, this could just be a very interesting year for Elaine Vigneault in general this year for the Philadelphia Flyers, who is the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. But that being said, guys, what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with our takes? You got to make sure that you comment down below. Let us know. And while you're over there, like and subscribe for our remaining team previews that we got coming up because, hey, you might not necessarily be a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers, but we already covered every team in the Pacific, the Central, and the Atlantic Division. Check out all those previews and a playlist on our YouTube page. And we've only got three teams left. Or sorry, no, we have two teams left. Oh, my God, we we have two teams left, which are Tom's. Tom's New York Rangers and my New Jersey Devils. We've got two left to go. Holy moly, this ride is almost over. That's really, really wild to think. And I'm already and I'm probably gonna be lamenting that when we get to next video and then the final video. So anyway, join us along for the ride. We've got two videos left to go. If you've already been catching our videos already, stick it around until the end. You might as well. And while you are here, you can check out our website down below, iadsports.com, for not only all of our team previews that we had previously and all of our NHL content coming up, but the NFL season is kicked off. It's in full swing. you got to make sure to check out our NFL, NCAA football, NBA, and MLS content there as well. And while you're there, hit up the shop, get yourself a t-shirt as low as $8. And... If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're already following, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. And of course, like I said before, if you're here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for all of our NHL content that we've got coming up because this train only keeps rolling into the regular season. But for now, it's time to move away from the Philadelphia Flyers. It's time to talk about one of our favorite teams. Well, one of our favorite teams. But you're just going to have to stick around to see which one that is. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Philadelphia Flyers 2021-2022 team preview.